Sports, Politics, Life, 360 Document Solutions presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues online at 360DocumentSolutions.com. There's only one real takeaway from Joe Biden's State of the Union address on Tuesday night, and nobody's talking about it, but it's a serious question. Why in the world did he accept the invitation and do it? What did the man have to gain? There is no way Joe Biden was going to go deliver a speech at the State of the Union in front of the United States citizens and gain votes. It's not possible at this point. He can't gain votes. The only thing he can do is lose votes. And if you know that going in, and he's going to make some sort of a announcement in the speech that we've just, we're just getting started, which was basically saying, I'm running, what the heck was he doing? This was a debacle for Joe Biden. There's no other... There's no other way to describe it. Listen, the polling on it was was quick, it was swift, and it was thorough. Independents hated it more than Republicans, which is remarkable when you think about it. Democrats gave it very low marks, very low marks, but they're going to go vote for him anyway. If he's the candidate, they're going to vote for him. So the people you poll, three different groups, Democrats, Independents, Republicans, the Democrats, it doesn't matter who they run, they're going to vote for the Democrats. I, and I'm not knocking that. I'm the same way. You know, you could prop up the dead guy from Weekend at Bernie's and put a Republican uh, sticker on him. And if he's running for president, I'm going to vote for the guy. I'm not going to vote for the Democrat. I'm just not going to do it. So I'm in that category, too, on the other side. I'm not making fun of that. But that's all he was speaking to on Tuesday night was the Democrats. He wasn't speaking to America. He wasn't appealing to independents. He wasn't trying to work with Republicans or gain Republican votes. And he stammered around and it was a crap show because Democrats are weird and they're freaky. And it all started with a really goofy kiss between his wife and Kamala Harris's husband. Who lives like this? Who does this? Like, I'm not even comfortable doing that. I don't even understand the Hollywood on that cheek smack thing. I don't even get that. A, A handshake is fine. When did we get to hugging and kissing and all this other stuff? It's fine. Whatever. If you got to hug somebody, I'll hug somebody. When you say hi to him, I'm cool with that. The bro hug's fine. The handshake, the left arm around the back. Okay. I can bro hug you a little. But kissing on the lips? Oh my God, these people are weird. That was just so strange. The whole night was after that, if America was watching and saw Jill Biden and Doug Emhoff kiss each other on the lips, you started wondering, what's going on around the White House? (laughs) What? What? is happening at the White House. This was weird. That was creepy. That was odd. I don't remember. I said the same thing about Tom Brady. When his 15-year-old son came up to him on the massage table on a documentary he was doing where he's getting rubbed down by this masseur and oils are being put all over him and he's naked except for a towel across his crotch. And he says, hey, his son comes in to talk to him. He talks to him and his son's walking away. He goes, hey. And the son comes back. He goes, come here. And they gave each other a kiss goodbye right on the lips. (laughs) Who does that? I don't remember the last person I kissed on the lips than Jessica. I don't. I I, I just don't. I don't remember. At some point, did I miss accidentally with one of my kids when they were little or something? Maybe. I don't know. The whole thing's just odd. And so there goes Biden. And he starts giving his speech. And the point of the speech is to improve his polling numbers, to set him up for re-election, and to appeal to people that in the polls right now are saying we're not going to vote for him. How in the world did they think a speech was going to help him? The only thing that's going to help him is actions. 
I've said this a hundred times. You're tired of hearing it on this podcast. If Joe Biden wants to get people in the middle and gain new votes, close the damn border. That's the easiest thing you can do. You're the president. Get tough on the border until you're reelected. Then you can open it back up just like you did last time. Voters are gullible. They'll believe you. They'll believe you're serious and you're going to keep the border closed. Just close it. Close it right now and get really tough on the border. If Joe Biden got really, really, really hawkish and tough on the border, what Democrat is not going to vote for him? That's not going to happen. What Democrat? I mean, this is like an 80% category in America. 80% of people want the border secure. If he just locks it down, he can accomplish what he set out to do last night, but a speech isn't going to do it for the guy. It's a complete and utter waste of time for Joe Biden to give speeches and think he's going to gain votes. Why do you think they kept him in his basement during the last election? They said, Americans know Joe Biden. They know he was Obama's guy, so he's got that endorsement. They're sticking with him. And if we just hide him and don't let anybody see how inept he is, he can win this thing. And it worked. Tons of shenanigans involved in it, but it worked. This isn't going to work. Going out and speaking is not going to work. He's no good at this. He looks, even, even when he's not lost, he looks lost. He has that look in his eye like he doesn't know where he is. That, that ultimately is the problem. He's a gaff machine. He's always been a gaff machine. I think he does have some sort of, I don't know, memory loss or incoherent moments during his day. I think there's plenty of that. But even when he's on, he has that look in his eye like he doesn't know where he is. Like he's lost. There's nothing to be gained here. There is nothing to be gained. So I was going to do one of those little top three or top five countdowns leading up to what the biggest gap was. And I thought, well, this is ridiculous. Let's, let's, let's start with the big stuff and work toward the smaller stuff. The biggest thing of the night to me was something that has been mentioned by others, but they're not really locked in on. And to me, it was a peek through the window. It was transparent. It was a peek through the window of what is bothering Joe Biden. It doesn't seem to be his polling numbers. It doesn't seem to be the American public. It doesn't seem to be people dying from fentanyl and things like that. What's really bothering Joe Biden right now was very apparent at one moment during the speech last night. This was my top moment. He was talking about China, and he said, we will act to protect our country, as we did. And they all cheered on the left. On the right, not so much. That was not protecting our country, allowing that balloon to fly over this country for eight days. That was not protecting our country, and anybody watching knew that. That's why he did not poll well with independents or Republicans. He didn't poll well with Democrats, by the way, either. He did not poll well. They don't want him to run. Most Democrats don't want him to run, so he didn't poll very well. Then he said something about democracies are thriving, autocracies are failing, autocratic leaders are, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he said, name me one leader who wants to trade places with Xi Jinping in China. Name me one. Then he shouted one more time, name me one. And his forehead got all wrinkled and he got all mad and he was screaming. I'm like, that's not on the script. There's no way he's reading that off the prompter. Three times, he's saying, name me one world leader that wants to trade places with Xi. And I would say, well, how about Joe Biden? Because you have to run for re-election, and he doesn't. He's just kind of king over there. They could have a coup. They could shoot him and kill him or something like that. But looks to me like Xi's going to be in charge quite a while over there and doesn't really have to run for anything. 
Name me one leader that would trade places. Well, how about you, Joe? Most American politicians that get to that level, whether they're in the Senate or president or whatever, they'd love to be king. They'd love to stay for 25 years and rule the country. We don't allow that. We only allow that in Congress and the Senate, which has to end. My uh, brother-in-law texted me. He's much younger than I am. He texted me during the thing last night, and he goes, how is it the oldest people in America are running this country? And I said, man, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm all about, if, if we can never voted for a candidate for president younger than me, I'm all in. And I'm not old. Okay, but these people, this is ridiculous, this ruling class, how old they are and how long they've been in D.C. Here's what I'm for. We capped the president eight years. Why can't we cap members of the House at 10 or 12? And I'd even be willing on the Senate to go to 18. Give them three terms. You need some experience. You need some guiding hands. Let's say 12 years for congressmen. If you haven't become a senator in your state by then, you probably shouldn't be a congressperson. Fair enough? You're a congressperson. You're, you're Emanuel Cleaver. You've been a congressperson forever, but you can't win senator in your state. You probably shouldn't be a congressperson anymore. It's time to turn that thing over and take away your grift. And if you're a congressperson, maybe two terms is enough. 12 years? A senator, I'm sorry. If you, it's a, for a senator, 12 years? I'm for all of these things. Get younger people in there. And I just think it's a, it's a permanent ruling class of people that, you know, we're looking at Nancy Pelosi last night just because I thought she was gone. I said, well, she's not the speaker anymore. She resigned from that. She's still the congresswoman from San Francisco. And she has been her whole life because they live in districts where unless you quit, it, it doesn't matter whether you're any good or not. It just matters which party you are because that party wins these things. Slam dunk, you're in. That's that. That's how you get really bad people. But if we have term limits, it cycles the worst of us out. Like replacing Nancy Pelosi with another Democrat would be fine, but it's needed. Replacing Mitch McConnell is needed. Replace him with another Republican. Replace Chuck Schumer with another Democrat, okay? I'm not talking about flipping all the seats. Just get the people out of there that are entrenched. And that's what, to me, this whole thing was last night was all these people that are entrenched. And when Biden is sitting up there getting mad, there's nothing in the room that makes him mad. He even referenced it. I love this place. I've been here longer than all of you, he bragged. Ugh. You've been there longer than all of us. Sickening. Why do you think people loved Trump, especially in the beginning? He had no history there. He was a complete outsider. Americans loved that. So here's this insider saying he's been there longer than anyone. And what got him excited? The, the, the most excited he got all night was about Xi Jinping because he's pissed at that guy. He's pissed that Xi Jinping showed him up. He's pissed that he played a chess game and checkmated his butt. And you could see it. And that is the biggest story of the State of the Union is you just got to peek into the chaos in this White House. Right now, the chaos in this White House is Joe Biden has made mil- and his son who made five trips on Air Force Two when Joe Biden was vice president. Five trips to China with his dad on Air Force Two. Five times Hunter Biden went to China. They have made millions off Chinese company. These people know the Bidens inside and out. I guarantee you they got dirt on the Bidens that if they released it and put the documentation out there, the Bidens are compromised and maybe even out of office, gone, done, toast. Or jail. 
possible. All those things are possible. So the guy floats a balloon over the country and Biden can't do anything about it until the public outcry, absolute public outcry of what the hell are you doing, Joe? And he has to shoot it down when it gets to the Atlantic. And he does. And now the Chinese are pissed at him, really mad at him. They won't even take a a phone call from Secretary Austin to talk about this stuff. Like he's got a China problem. He's got a real China problem. You want to take something away from the State of the Union speech? Joe Biden has a China problem. Whether it's personal or it's real between the United States and China, I can't say. It felt personal. When he started screaming about Xi, and I mean screaming, that was unhinged. That alone was every reason in the world to not let that president go out there and give a State of the Union address. He can't help himself. What? Name me Name me one leader that would trade places with Xi Jinping. Oh, I don't know. He's in charge of about two and a half billion people. He doesn't have to run for election. He's basically a king. The king of China would be the best way to describe it. I'm pretty sure there's a few world leaders that might trade that. God, what is wrong with this guy? Number two, this was, and this, I thought this was going to be the best moment of the night. And it really is. I mean, this, this really should stick. Joe Biden in the script, reading off the script said, we're going to need oil and gas for 10 more years. We're going to need oil and gas for 10 more years. And the Republicans, as if they were in Vegas at a comedy show, watching Jerry Seinfeld or a host of other comedians out there, just erupted into laughter. It was real. It was spontaneous. It wasn't planned. He said, we're going to need oil and gas for 10 more years. And the entire right side of the chamber just laughed like you were at a comedy show. It was great. It was great because it was real. It was genuine. It was not planned. It was not mean. It wasn't Marjorie Taylor Greene standing up and calling him a liar. It wasn't, it wasn't grandstanding. It was like, God dang, that's funny. That is the funniest crap you've ever said. We're going to need oil and gas for 10 more years. Does anybody have any sort of alternate plan for air travel or freight trains other than fossil fuels? How about trucking? Do you think we're going to have electric trucks anytime soon? This is great, man. And, you know, I was thinking today, what would be really good if, if it helps? And I'm not sure that it does. I don't know because there's a lot of bad things with the environment with these batteries and some other things. I'm not sure we're really improving the environment. But let's just go on the assumption that we are improving the environment if we drive more electric cars, okay? I'd be for that. If that helps, that works. Here's what would work for us, and I'll bet there's a lot of people like us. You know what would be good? If, if that really helped. What if most people eventually got to a place where they had one electric car and one gas car? That would cut everything in half, wouldn't it? As far as just people, not transportation, just us, just the way we live our lives. Most of the times when we run errands or do things around the city, we could easily take an electric car. But you would also need a gas car for when we put our dog in the car and drive to Arizona for 10 days or something and or go to see your sister in Montana. We love to drive. We love the American West. We like the open roads. We like the freedom of going where we want, when we want, on our own schedule when we go. And I need a gas car for that. I do. I love to drive. And sometimes I like to drive for like eight hours with maybe, if we're not drinking a bunch of water, maybe just a 10-minute stop, if that. You stop real fast, you gas up, you grab a, a stupid truck stop turkey sandwich and a Gatorade Zero and hit back out on the road. 
and off you go. And you can drive a long, long, long time with just three minutes of gas pump time. So I, I don't, I don't think they understand how we live. First of all, Biden's been in DC too long. You could see that in this speech, but I love the laughter. I, I wasn't a giant fan of Marjorie Taylor Greene standing up and calling the president a liar. He was lying. There was a lot of heckling when he started talking about the border and the fentanyl saying that they've arrested 8,000 people with, I don't know how many pounds of fentanyl, the heckling ensued. And he's talking about a family whose young child died from fentanyl overdose. And they heckled him and said, it's your fault. You did it. And he got disheveled up there. He just got disheveled because the Republicans were hollering at him. You're doing this with your border. And they're right. The Republicans were right. A lot of polling suggests people don't like that when that happens. Here's the deal. Allow them to not like that moment especially independent voters, which is what we're talking about mostly here. Independent voters didn't like Republicans heckling. But guess what? Independent voters now are looking up the issues about the heckling. What were they heckling about? What was that all about? Now the independent voters look at that and go, oh my God, I didn't know that many people were coming in. I had no idea. That's what happened. So it, I'm not down on the heckling. It doesn't bother me. Kevin McCarthy has been saying consistently since the speech ended on Tuesday night that Joe Biden goaded his members into it, and that he spoke to his membership before the beforehand, said he's going to goad you in. He's going to lie. He's going to goad you right into heckling him because that will help him. Don't do it. But they couldn't stop on the third big point, and that was Medicare and Social Security, where Joe Biden just stands in front of people and lies and says, Republicans want to take this away from you. They want to take away Medicare and Social Security, and I can't name a Republican that does. He says, then he was ad-libbing. Oh, well, not all of you, but I, I'm not going to name names, but there's a couple of you that want to do this. That's the way he ad-libbed. Name the names. I want to see the Republican and then have a news conference for that Republican that says, we got to get rid of Social Security Medicaid or, and Medicare. Just I, I want to know who they are. I want to see that person run for office again after they say that. This is the old problem we have. Once the progressives get big government spending in our government, you can never take it away because the politicians can't get reelected on that. That's why these giant programs always stay in. And yes, that bothered me. And yes, they heckled him. And they should have heckled him. Republicans need to fight back on all of this. He also talked about Ukraine. And as he was talking about Ukraine, he introduced the ambassador. I don't think, I didn't see any reaction that people caught up on this. Did you notice that he didn't know her name? He said, the Ukrainian ambassador here. Is, uh, uh, and then he fumbled around. You could tell he was looking for her name and couldn't find it. Could you please stand up so we can all look at you? That's what he said. It was creepy. It's a woman. Could you please stand up so we can all look at you? Good God, creeper. Oh, my God. This guy's just bizarre. She does. She looks emotional. She looks like she's from a war-torn country. Everybody claps. Lots of support. Oh, God, lots of Republicans love pouring this $100 billion in on that. They love it. I was reminded during the speech of a meme that was out there on Twitter from March of 2022, where Joe Biden said, he was giving a speech, and he said, tanks in the Ukraine? Question mark. That's called World War III. And then you flash forward to January of 23, where he announced, we're putting tanks in Ukraine. It's powerful. We should have commercials on television of this. 
somebody, some anti-war group somewhere ought to be doing ads, like a Super Bowl ad, of Joe Biden saying, tanks in Ukraine? That would be World War III. And then flash to him 10 months later saying, we're putting tanks in Ukraine. Would somebody please do that for the Super Bowl? I, I just, I can't believe it. The things that he says and the things that he does are just absolutely remarkable. And it was uh, astounding to see all that. All right, before we get to Sarah Huckabee Sanders and her response, I want to let you know that KKHI is brought to you by Back9 Development, online at back9development.com. If you're looking to build a custom home or commercial properties, room additions, Back9 Development does all kinds of building projects anywhere in the Kansas City area, Lawrence, Topeka, Manhattan. Back9 Development would love to meet with you and see if your dreams or your goals match up with theirs. Maybe you even wind up being business partners in a project. If you've got land, if you've got investors, and you've got an idea, Back9 Development wants to hear from you. They can help you execute it and potentially make a lot of money. Back9development.com. Back, numeral nine, development.com. They have uh, all kinds of great custom homes and projects and commercial projects. TJ Velkanskis is the man to call. 785-236-0161 for Back9development.com. Got an email from my buddy Chris over at B-Stock. I'm going to be seeing him later today. He has Samsung Galaxy Tablet A7 Lite with an 8.7-inch screen with Wi-Fi for $99. He says these are great for kids. Great for your kids or grandkids. Samsung Galaxy Tabs, $99. In stock at B-Stock right now. 14680 South Flaming Road or online at B-Stock. Net. Mm, good stuff there. And Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet Buick GMC in Excelsior Springs. They will deliver your car anywhere you live. You don't have to live anywhere near Excelsior Springs. You can order it from them or buy it from their inventory, or they'll locate it for you and have it delivered to your home. They'll even send a sales rep out to show you exactly how everything works to give you the complete tour of the car. They did it for me when he sent me a Sierra to drive for a couple of weeks. It was awesome. He said, what do you think of the truck? I said, it's incredible. It's just a little big for me. I'm not used to driving something this big. What a truck the GMC Sierra is. He sent me a Denali. I drove it for two or three weeks. They came out and showed me everything that it does. What a beautiful machine. Oh, my goodness. Those uh, Chevy and GMC trucks are really something else, and you can get any and all of them at Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC in Excelsior Springs. GMC, we are professional grade. Sarah Huckabee Sanders gave a speech that uh, was good. It was very good. I, I, there's a couple of moments that really stood out, but her delivery, she's not polished. And I know she was the White House spokesperson, but maybe she was better when she was just off the cuff answering questions than standing there sort of looking terrified, giving a speech. I think she probably personally thought this is my, my first chance on a national stage. Maybe someday I'm going to run for president kind of moment. And I don't think it went that well for her. I, th I think she looked a little timid and scared and nervous. And when your mouth does that, never a good thing. The little Marco Rubio problem that he had, he started guzzling water in front of Trump because you just get dry cotton mouth and you can't get through it. She had a little of that, but I really like her. I really respect her. Her husband is from Kansas City and her line is going to stick. She had the line of the night when she said the choice is simple. It's either normal or crazy. 
That has to stick. Now, they're going to be all over her for being racist, homophobic. Like any, any group anywhere with a grievance, they don't, they don't see themselves as normal. They don't like the word normal. Normal is offensive to them. Normal is the next word that's going to get canceled. It is. Because if you want your 11-year-old to have gender reassignment surgery, you're not normal. And you know you're not normal. You know that's a very out there position. You know that. You're proud of the fact, there are many people that are very proud of the fact that they are not normal. So when she uses that, that's the new trigger word. I'm telling you right now, it started last night. Watch them go after the word normal. Because man, that was powerful. When you say, you got two choices. You got the Republicans or Biden's America. You got normal or crazy. That people resonated. Like all the polling showed that stuck. People are like, oh yeah, that is right. We want normal, not crazy. She's going to be pinned. I'm going to tell you mercilessly as a racist, a homophobe. You watch the names they're going to call her for using the word normal. They're going to teach us the next big phase. They're going to teach us there is no normal. And normal is no good. That believing in God, being married, raising your family in the traditional uh, nuclear family, that, that's, a, that, that's not, we don't call that normal. Even though that's been normal in America for 250 years, even though that's what most people still aspire to do, they're going to disallow it. They're going to come after her for this. She said, Joe Biden is doubling down on crazy. I love that. That's exactly right. And she put it in very simple terms. She said it exactly right. We don't know whether it's because he's crazy or he's so weak, he's given in to the crazy people of his party. And that's exactly right. That is a winning message against Joe Biden. We don't know if he's crazy like them, but we know if he's not, he's so weak and feckless that he's giving in to them. That's a winner. That is an absolute winning message. And I thought she did a really, really nice job there. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I wish she wasn't so nervous. The speech was well-written. By the way, it was more political and more heavy-handed and hard-hitting than the State of the Union. Biden got in his political shots. It was a political speech. But Sarah Huckabee Sanders came in with a sledgehammer after that and just demolished them. I mean, it was five times as hard as Biden's speech. Multiples. Great stuff, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I think reading the text of it would be even better than having her deliver it. Her delivery, I give her a, you know what? She's a professional politician doing the State of the Union address. I'm sorry, I'm tough on this. I'm going to give them both Fs for delivery. This is your job. This is what you're supposed to do. If you went to a, if you went to see Dave Chappelle or Blake Shelton singing at T-Mobile Center, and they gave a pasty mouth performance where they're nervous all night, you'd want your money back. It's what they do for a living. You expect them to be great at it. I watched two politicians at the very highest level in this country not able to deliver their speeches. When we think of the way people deliver speeches in the past, how about Ronald Reagan? It was just effortless for Ronald Reagan. And you could see it. He believed what he was saying, and he delivered it in a calm, reassuring way, and it worked. And now we just have these people that Biden doesn't know where he is. Sarah Huckabee Sanders was very nervous. 
and dry mouth. I felt bad for her. I felt bad for her. I've seen people in that spot before. It happened to me, but it happened to me when I was 21. My first weekend on the air in Joplin, Missouri, I got cotton mouth. I'm sitting there doing the sports. I got nervous. I got scared. You get over it. You learn it. If you've become governor of Arkansas, you should be past that. A camera is a camera. You don't think about the audience. I mean, I had a much bigger audience 25 years ago when I was on TV than I ever had on radio. TV was a big thing then. Radio, I had more people in the late 90s and early 2000s, probably 10 times as many as listen to the radio now, and, and as opposed to the podcast. But it's always been the same. I feel the same no matter what. You could put a camera in front of me, and I could be addressing the entire country, and to me, the camera or the microphone would feel the same as if I'm just doing a thing for the the few hundred patrons that we have of KKHI. It would feel the same. And she's not there yet. Unfortunately, Biden is there. It doesn't matter what he does. He's the same goofy, goofy guy. But man, she said some great, great stuff. We really appreciated that. I got an email from a listener who said, Kevin, you did it again. You lumped everybody into one category and it wasn't good. And I emailed him back and I said, you're right. Although I went out of my way to not do it this time. And he still heard in my tone or in my words something that I did not mean to convey. We were talking about the huge amount of pot that was sold the first weekend of legalized pot in Missouri. And I said, look, I'm, I'm for, I don't care if you smoke pot in your house. I don't, I don't care what you do. Go buy your pot, smoke your pot, live your life. Great. I don't care if you drink beer or whiskey or if all you do is drink almond milk and, and eat vegetables. I don't care. I see a person that loves red meat, the same I see a vegetarian. Live your life. Just don't hurt other people. And in the process of talking about, I had this vision in my head of the line. There was a photo that attached the article I read of the people in line waiting for the pot shot to open the first day. And it was not an advertisement for legalized marijuana. It was a pretty bad looking group of people lined up to go in there and get their pot. But I do understand that a lot of people use it recreationally and have for many years. I have people in my family that I know that use marijuana. I, I have a couple of friends, not around me, but I know that they occasionally will smoke it recreationally. I don't hold that against them. I don't care. It's family. It's friends. It's good. Just don't hurt somebody. Don't let it lead to worse. Don't let it lead to some Coke habit or something or crack habit, right? But It's no different than liquor. Most people that drink beer or wine wind up moving on to liquor and it starts to escalate and it's, it can be problematic for a lot of people. We know this. I wasn't trying to lump anybody. I don't care if you smoke pot or eat gummies or make brownies. I don't care what you do. Just don't hurt anybody. That's all I was trying to say. And I emailed him back and I said, well, if that's, I said, I didn't think I did that this time, but, but he's right. The message from him was right. He said, look, I work hard and I come home in the evening and I like to smoke a little bowl of pot to relax and that's it. He has one a day and it calms him down and he feels good when he gets home. I'm like, dude, you're living your life. Good for you. If that's what you like to do. We live in bizarre times where Democrats now are trying to take away cigarettes and cigars. Okay. They want to run these campaigns to take away cigarettes and cigars and they're not big on vaping, but they want everybody to smoke pot. I can't figure that out. I just can't figure that out. I can't. And I want to emphatically state right now, when I give you opinions, and many of you agree with a lot of my opinions, whether they're sports or politics or whatever, you agree with a lot of them. When I talk about my life choices and things that I do in my life, I'm not pushing that on any of you. 
I don't care what you do. I don't care if you think I'm a square or a nerd or cool or mean or whatever. I don't care. I'm living my life. I'm not hurting anybody. And I want you to do the same. And I don't want you ever to think that I'm judging you on the way that you live your life. As long as you're not hurting somebody. If you're teaching your grandchildren to be a transgender and pushing them to some reassignment surgery, I may have an issue with you. But if you want to smoke pot when you get home from work, what do I care? What do I care? So I hope that you know that when I say these things. And again, through the years, I've talked very little about my personal life. I'm mostly a private person. And so I've said very little, but as I've done this podcast more and more, I feel like this is a family. This is a group that we have a lot in common and I will share things about the way I live or things that I do. Please don't ever take them as I want you to live this way. I really don't care how you live. I want you to be happy and live a fulfilled, prosperous, healthy life. That's all I want for anyone, especially the people that listen to this podcast. You just, Dude, I'm just as goofy as the day is long. We've all. Why do you think I called this thing Kevin Keatsman has issues? I can't justify it that I will drink a little whiskey on the weekend, but I don't smoke pot. There's no justifying that. I like a good little buzz, right? But not from that. I've never. My parents smoked. I hate smoke. I hate it. My parents smoked, and I've always hated smoke. Never smoked cigarettes. Never smoked pot. I just don't like smoking. I used two years ago occasionally try a cigar with buddies when you know maybe we were having a whiskey and here's a cigar. And I didn't hate it, but it hurt my throat and it affected my job. And I'm like, that's not for me. That's just not for me. I'm not judging. And I'd ask, don't judge me. Just, I'll, I'll live my life. I don't care if you think I'm goofy. It's all good. But I apologize to anybody that I offended with that. I really don't care if you eat gummies or smoke pot. I really don't. And it doesn't bother me that it's become legal until and unless we see some disturbing trend that we have more and more and more accidents out there or problems or people moving on as marijuana as they try it because it's legal and, they, and society says, oh, this is legal. Now go, go do it. It's okay. We're, we're putting a stamp of approval on pot. If we start learning that kids are going to get this and, and that maybe wouldn't have tried it, like I never tried it, that maybe wouldn't have tried it, and now it becomes a gateway to something worse, we're, we're not going to know. It's going to take 20 years before we have all those numbers in, but that will be problematic. Cross Kitchens KC is proud to be a sponsor of KKHI online at crosskitchenskc.com. You know the deal here. You get on the schedule anytime this year and get that decided by the end of February and you'll get free countertops. That's right. A qualifying remodel gets free countertops right now. This will save you thousands at Cross Kitchens KC. Call Tim Cross and talk to him. You may have had somebody else in mind. That's great. Just give him a chance. Get two bids. Talk to Cross Kitchens and someone else if you want. I'm not trying to talk you out of anybody that you know or that you've done. I'm asking if you're considering remodeling a bathroom or especially a kitchen or man cave, that you give Tim a shot. Just meet him, sit down with him, and see what you think. CrossKitchensKC.com, 816-898-7047. Advanced Medical Imaging. More and more of you are emailing me saying, wow, I feel so good that I got either a zero plaque score on my heart scan or... We found something, and now I'm moving on to a doctor who's going to help me. My God, I'm so glad I found this because I found it early. That's awesome. These things should be like annual, like part of your annual physical. The heart scan really in America should be part of your annual physical, and it should be covered by insurance, but it's not. However, Advanced Medical Imaging in Lawrence will do this for under 100 bucks. They're going to see all the organs in your torso. 
This is a great peek. In, see what's inside. That's what they say at Advanced Medical Imaging. See what's inside. Now, some of you may have an injury or a bigger health problem and you need an MRI or a CT scan. They can get that done today or tomorrow for you instead of waiting three weeks to do it in your hospital chain. Dump your hospital chain. Your doctor will, your doctor, you don't have to go where your doctor says. You can go to Advanced Medical Imaging. They take insurance. If you need an MRI or CT scan, Advanced Medical Imaging is the place to go. Why wait? Do it now. All major insurance accepted online at medimageks.com or call Tricia at 785-856-0224. Again, all of our sponsors are at the KK list. Thekklist.com. I still get emails. They say, hey, what's the name of this guy? They're all right there. Thekklist.com. And then some. We have all kinds of other sponsors that are not on the podcast that are part of the KK list. If you'd like your company to be part of the KK list, just go to join the list. Go to thekklist.com, click on join the list, and you can get your company listed on there. And our listeners will go there and see you listed. Great companies like Advantage, Termite, and Pest Control. The only pest control I've ever used, online at advantagetpc.com. Jessica got a Facebook message the other night from a listener, a lady who has squirrels in her attic, and said, what's the name of that pest company? I said, Advantage does it all, man. They didn't used to. I'll be honest, 20 years ago, they didn't. There was like one or two pest control companies in the whole city, but Advantage does it all. You got critters, they come get them. They, they do. They've got just covered. You get squirrels, you got a raccoon, you got bats, bats in your belfry. Once upon a time, I had bats in the, the vent out from the fireplace, the little vent thing. There was a bat that was hanging out in there and pooping all over my patio. You want to get rid of them? Advantage Termite and Pest Control, they do it all. AdvantageTPC.com. All right, on to sports. Here we go. I think we're going long today, by the way. Ooh, I'm feeling good, though. We could be going long. How about these numbers on the Super Bowl? You want some action? This will be the most bet single sporting event in American history. 20% of Americans are expected to wager in some fashion on the game. I already have. I bought four squares on two different boards up at a golf course. We played up at Falcon Ridge on Saturday, uh, Sunday. We played at Falcon Ridge. And they had the squares up there for the members. And I bought two squares on each board. So I'm already in. That's action. I'm in. I'm already in on this game. I won a square last year at uh, the Tanners in Shawnee. They had a contest. And I put a $20 bill in. And we hit like the first quarter square. And I don't remember exactly what I won, but it was a couple hundred bucks. It was a good hit. So I'm in. I am one of 51 million Americans that will be wagering on this game. 51 million people will have some sort of action on the Chiefs and Eagles on Sunday. For a total of 16 billion, with a B, 16 billion dollars. That's a record. Are you ready for this? 16 billion dollars is up 61% from last year. That is amazing. It was like $6 billion or something, $7 billion. It's crazy that it's gone up that much. 61% up from last year. So it's gone up by like six, right at, it's gone up by about $6 billion. It was about $10 billion last year, $16 billion this year. Is the proper numbers? Man, that's unbelievable. And that is 20 more states have legalized wagering, and so people are going to put bets in. My mom wants to bet on the Super Bowl. I'm so excited about this. I'm going to take her to the casino on Saturday, and she's going to play blackjack for an hour or two, and I'll go down to the sports book, and I'll put a bet in for her. I, she wants to bet on the Chiefs. 
I'm recommending this year, don't take the points. The Chiefs are getting a point and a half. Forget it. Bet the money line. Take the odds. Just bet the Chiefs are going to win. That's the way I'm going to go. There's nothing but good news coming out of Arizona. The Chiefs are in good health. Legereus Sneed announced to the media, I'm playing. My concussion protocol's over. Juju Smith-Schuster appears to be healthy and ready to go. They practiced yesterday. And Kadarius Toney told the media, I'm a go. I'm playing Sunday. So they've just, Andy said, hey, it all looks good. Everybody's practicing, except Hardman, who's out. Everybody else is practicing, and they're just telling the media, I'm playing. I'm in. A couple of fun Patrick Mahomes stories here. One, this is a tip of the cap to a, a guy that I just have great respect for. His name is Blair Kirkhoff. He has worked at the Kansas City Star forever. He's just a tremendous sports writer. He's a sports writer's sports writer. He's a really friendly, good dude, uh, straightforward, honest guy, writes excellent stories, doesn't have any real strong opinions, doesn't rub anybody wrong. He's not surly and objectionable like yours truly. Blair's just a good dude. And he's written a great piece at the Star about Patrick Mahomes. And it said, Patrick Mahomes has checked every box except this one. It's kind of a teaser headline. And then you have to go down the story to find out what the box is that he hasn't checked. The box Patrick Mahomes hasn't checked is he's never had a good Super Bowl. Uh, This is a little harsh, but Patrick Mahomes has sucked in the Super Bowls. He hasn't been good at all. Like, it hasn't occurred to anybody this week that Patrick Mahomes is going to stink on Sunday. But he stunk in his other two Super Bowls. Patrick Mahomes has a remarkable... 106.1 106.1 quarterback rating in the postseason. He is 10 and 3 in the postseason. That's 13 games. Of the 13 games, his two worst games are the Super Bowls. He had a 78.1 against the Niners and a career worst. He's played 90, 93 games in his whole career. He's played 93 games. The worst game of his entire career was the Tampa Super Bowl, where he had a 52.3 rating. Blair Kirkhoff points out in the story, again, not giving opinion. He's just pointing out the two worst games that Patrick Mahomes has had in the postseason are the only two postseason games that he has not played at Arrowhead Stadium. I guess we've just kind of forgotten that. The man's never played a road playoff game. He's played 13 games in the postseason, 11 of them at home. That is absolutely remarkable. But you can't argue this. His Super Bowls have not been good. That's two weeks to prepare for the defense. These defenses are going to switch. A lot of things the Eagles have done all year, they're going to mix up this week. They're going to show the Chiefs stuff that they're not prepared for. And he's going to have to adjust on the fly. I'm not that worried about it. I know the Eagles defense is great. By every metric, they're the best defense in the NFL, the Eagles are. By every metric. But you know what? If Patrick Mahomes goes out there and his quarterback rating is 90, The Chiefs probably win. It doesn't have to be 106.1. But if it is, they probably run away with it. If Mahomes goes out and has an all-world day, this game's over. If he goes out and lights it up and has one of those really spectacular Mahomes days, you know, 339 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, Chiefs are going up into the 30s, they may run away with this thing. That would be fun. That'd be real fun. But that's interesting to read that, that by far his two worst postseason games are the Super Bowls. And those are the only two games that he's played that weren't at Arrowhead, including the worst game of his entire career. He's never had a regular season game as bad as the game against Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. 52.3 was his quarterback rating. Just dreadful in that game. Patrick Mahomes made a little news after the Bengals game last week, and 
he put out a picture on a tweet, a, a GIF, if you will, of a famous Hall of Fame professional bowler named Pete Weber, who's from St. Louis. Pete Weber, once upon a time, was a Rams fan. He is now a Chiefs fan because the Rams left St. Louis. He's a Missouri guy. He's been to Chiefs games. He's been around Kansas City. He's done a lot of things in our area. He's one of the greatest bowlers, if not the greatest bowler of all time. In 2012, he won the United States Open. During the U.S. Open, while bowling, he was being heckled by a teenager who was jeering at him or something during this match. And when he got a strike to end the thing and he won it, he turned to the teenager and said, who do you think you are? I am. And he clenched his fist and he celebrated. He jumped up and down. And it's a gif that's out there on the internet because it makes no sense. Who do you think you are? I am. And he just jumped up and down with joy because he just won this game, this bowling match. Mahomes put that out there after they beat the Bengals. Who do you think you are? I am. And now Pete Weber's being asked about it because so many people have seen it because Mahomes put it on his social media. And Weber's like, man, this is incredible. This is great that more people now know who I am. And I know it's kind of making fun of me. I totally choked in the moment is not what I meant to say. He said, but it's great. Young people see me. Look, a lot of young people in bowling know who I am because I've been bowling, but now football fans know who I am, and that's that's cool. Like, he had this remarkable, distinguished career in a sport that not a lot of people know a lot of things about. But he thought this was really cool that Mahomes did that. And he said, and I'm a Chiefs fan, so I'm very excited about all this. And they said, well, what do you mean you didn't mean to say, who do you think you are? I am. He said, what I meant to say is, who do you think you are effing with? I'm the man. <laughs> he meant after he won the U.S. Open to turn to a teenage kid and say, who do you think you're effing with? I'm the man. And what came out of his mouth is, who do you think you are? I am. <laughs> it's pretty funny. You can find it on Patrick Mahomes' Twitter if you'd like to see it. It's pretty cool. Mahomes has a lot of fun with that. I went on Tickets for Less yesterday and just took a look at ticket prices. They're kind of low for a Super Bowl. You can buy tickets. This is outrageous, but you know, for a lot of people, you're going to hear this and go, what? They're about 5,000 bucks. Get you into the game. There have been tickets that it's 15,000 cheapest in the door for a Super Bowl. I, I told Jessica semi-famously a few years ago when we decided not to go because the tick, first, the first year the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl it was ridiculous. I think that's the year it was 13 or 14,000 just to get in the building. I said, Mahomes is going to be around a long time. If the Chiefs are in enough Super Bowls, the demand will go down. The demand, and over time, like let's say seven years from now, the Chiefs have won three and Mahomes is in his seventh Super Bowl or something. What do you think those prices will be? Eventually, a lot of Chiefs fans are going to do this. Most Chiefs fans are going to do this once. So that number's coming down. Ticketsforless.com has tickets available right now for right around $5,000 to get into the game. I, I'm surprised by that. I'm being honest with you. I thought the Eagles fans would run the price up, but apparently that's not the case. Maybe this is Biden's America. I don't know. Um, and these were lower level seats. I saw them in row 40 in the corner, lower level, 5,000 bucks, lowest price level. Not bad. Ticketsforless.com. Never fees added. What you see there is what you pay. If you still want to try to go to the big game or you're looking for tickets for somebody that's there, if you know people that are in Arizona that don't have tickets, and they're like, I don't know what to do. Tell them to get online. If they thought they were just going to go and tailgate and not go to the game because they thought the tickets were going to be ten, twelve, fourteen thousand dollars each, let them know. Yeah, this is a lot of money, but if you want to scratch the bucket list, 
ticketsforless.com right now. And use that promo code KKHI at checkout. There's always a discount. Always. If you use promo code KKHI, ticketsforless.com, or call 913-685-3322. Surprised to see the tickets are that low. I know that doesn't sound low. I'm not trying to be insensitive to everyone's personal situation. It might just be a reflection of Biden's America and all the inflation and everything, but there is no inflation with Super Bowl tickets this year. That is not happening. College basketball. K-State got a good win on Tuesday night. They used a 17-2 run to close the game. You're going to win most games that you finish on a 17-2 run. Marquise Noel had 18 points in the game. He set a Kansas State record with his 187th assist in one season. He passed Steve Henson. Well, he's going to slaughter that record. He's going to put it beyond reach, that record. Uh, He had a really nice game. And K-State is a funny team. They're good. Don't get me wrong. They're good. Man, they lose concentration and focus like you've never seen. They get scattered and start turning it over and get sped up and out of control. They have this tendency to get leads and think they're Superman. And then if we just go a little bit faster, our lead will just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then they turn it over and they clank the ball and they throw up air balls and they try to make behind-the-back passes down in the paint. It's pretty hard to watch sometimes. Noel said after the game, Coach Tang kicked our butt with six minutes to go in this game. He said he was really mad. We've never seen him that mad. And we got locked in because we knew how important it was to win this game. We got locked in and played well down the stretch. Yeah, they got locked in and went on a 17-2 run. My response to that is, why aren't you locked in more often? And I know sports is not something where you're locked in every 40 minutes. But for Kansas State, It doesn't seem to me like it's about being locked in all the time because they have spurts in every game that they play where they look great. They did against Texas. They built a 14-point lead. They're at the free throw line. They had a chance to put them away with about a minute to go in the first half, and they didn't get it done. And then they turned it into this phase where they turned it over five times in a row. To me, it's not about finding a way to be locked in all the time. Jerome Tang's job right now, if Kansas State wants to finish this year strong, He has got to find a way to stay away from these four to eight minute stretches where they're lost. I mean, lost on both ends of the floor. Silly little things. There was a moment where Keontae Johnson last night grabbed a rebound and he's kind of a nonchalant player. Some guys are just kind of casual at their sport. Think Fred Couples in golf, Carlos Beltran or Amos Otis in baseball, guys that just kind of glide and it looks easy for them. You've seen players like that in different sports. Keontae Johnson's kind of like that. He's a big, strong dude. He grabbed the rebound. He sees his teammates. He's kind of nonchalant. And a TCU guy reaches in and just pokes the ball loose. They get the ball and they hit a three-pointer. It was a big swing. It's just stupid basketball. Get the rebound, squeeze it until you're ready to pass it to Noel or somebody. So they have these moments where they just lose sight of that. And to me, that's Jerome Tang's task. He's done the unthinkable. He's assembled a bunch of guys that nobody heard of, got them together, and in every game they have stretches where they just play like they're going to win the Final Four. They do. They have incredible stretches where they look like nobody in the country will beat them. Marquise Noel made a three-pointer last night from the half-court logo. The, The purple Wildcat, he was standing on the paint and put it up and made it. And that kid can shoot from anywhere. And they let him. But you can't take that shot when you're in one of your down funks. This was part of the 17-2 run. They were already up 10 or 12 when he took that shot. Maybe 16 when he took that shot. 
But you don't take that shot when you've turned it over three times in a row. And that's what Jerome Tang has to work on with this team. Guys, time and place for everything. Watch yourself. Missouri bounced back with a win over South Carolina. I was a little disappointed. I'm, I'm often disappointed in Missouri's defense. I was disappointed they didn't put them away early. This is not a good South Carolina team. South Carolina's now lost, what, eight in a row, nine in a row? Missouri struggled defensively, gave up 74 points to this out, but they win by nine, 83-74. You can't really complain here. Kobe had 19. Missouri's won four out of five. South Carolina's lost eight straight. Missouri's at Tennessee on Saturday. They got the week to prepare for it. It's going to be hard. Tennessee's really good. Tennessee is really, really good. That's going to be very hard for Missouri. Mizzou is now 17-0 this year when they score 70 points or more. And all night long, they were going to get to 70. They were at 60 with like 14 minutes to go. So they, they didn't finish as strong. I thought they had a chance to hit 100 in the game last night, the way they were going. They moved to 18-6 and 6-5. And and They're right there, man. They're right in the middle of the five-seed range in bracketology. I love that. I, I love it for Mizzou. I'm, I'm very happy for Mizzou. In just a moment, we're going to finish with an unbelievable story about a rookie football player and Pro Bowl weekend last weekend. It's brought to you by Colbert Hills, where you can now stay and play at the Lodges. There's a 15% discount. If you want to put your golf group together, play Colbert Hills anytime this year, you can get your reservations by emailing Joni at colberthills.com. They take care of everything. They take care of everything. They'll, they'll feed you. The restaurant's right there. They'll even cater it into your lodge if you want to do it that way. They'll set up a special event for you. If it's a corporate event and you want to bring 12 to 14 sales reps or customers of yours, take 16 people, fill up the lodges. They'll give you four tea times right in a row, and the 16 of you go play. They'll cater the whole thing for you. They can do it all. They can set up dinner at Colbert's. Everything, anything you can think of, they can do for you. It's getting away without going too far. It's a great staycation. The Sammy family stay and play lodges at Colbert Hills are designed for golfers who want to get away, play a world-class PGA Tour caliber course, perhaps one that's on your bucket list, and it should be if you have not played it. Colbert Hills is, it's different than any course you've ever played. I'll tell you that right now. It's through the Flint Hills. It is remarkable. They had all the land in the world. You got to take a buggy. All right, there's no walking this bad boy because sometimes between the green and the next tee box, you won't even believe it. You go up a mountain, around a hill, and down a cavern, and it's the elevation changes. This golf course is unbelievable. ColbertHills.com is the website, or just email Joni, J-O-N-I, Joni, at ColbertHills.com and put your group together for this year to play Colbert Hills. Also like to give a shout-out to Window World, Simply the Best for Less, title sponsor, KKHI. They'd love the opportunity to come to your home and replace one window. We played golf on Sunday. Oh, boy, I got to chuckle a little bit here. And we went by our old house there on the 12th hole at Falcon Ridge that we sold a couple of years ago. Oh, we were so tired of fixing stuff. The house was 20-some years old. I felt like everything was falling apart. Oh, my God. I can't believe the work they've done. They've got these. It, it looks bad. They put white windows where the other ones were dark. They've got all these patchwork windows on this house now. I'm like, hopefully, they're going to paint them and do something with all these windows they replaced. I was so happy that I don't have to replace windows. I felt really good about that. But we did replace some windows in that house before they moved in, and we called Window World. They're great at what they do. They'll make it just right for you. It's a pain in the rear. It sucks to have to fix your house. That's why you need Window World. They're going to save you money in their customer service. J.D. Power and Award. J.D. Power and Associates Award. Again, the official windows of the Chiefs, online at windowworld.com. Our final final on this day is Rams rookie Ronnie Rivers. That's a whole lot of R's. Rams rookie Ronnie Rivers was not playing in the Pro Bowl games, but he did go to Vegas 
for the weekend. Thought it would be fun. A lot of football guys there. And he's hanging out at Caesars Palace. Ronnie Rivers makes about $500,000 a year. He's a rookie. He decided to play a progressive jackpot three-card poker video game. Ronnie Rivers of the Los Angeles Rams hit the three-card poker jackpot of $514,000 on his weekend trip to Vegas. That's awesome. People do win. I love sending those stories to the friend I can't mention on the podcast because he is of the belief, and it will probably happen for him, he's of the belief that one day he's going to hit one of these big jackpots. And I said, well, what's a big jackpot? He said, well, I would think anything over $50,000 would have to be considered a big jackpot. I said, okay. He's won a few that have been, I had a buddy hit one last week. Uh, big Scotty hit one for four grand. He was driving to Dallas on business and stopped at the casino and hit a progressive thing for 4000 I got all these guys that play slots and they hit these big things. I'm like, I've never hit anything in my life. I really don't play the slots because I'm, I just feel like it takes about seven minutes and my money's gone. But my friends are still trying to hit those big ones and Ronnie Rivers got it of the Los Angeles Rams. Way to go, Ronnie. And way to go you for listening to KKHI. Thanks so much. Oh, and thanks for indulging me going long-winded today. We had a lot to talk about on this episode. Please share with your friends that we do this every day. Let them know that Kevin Keatsman has issues. And if you could, have them hit the subscribe or follow button. It's absolutely free. We would welcome them on board to get the notifications that we do a podcast every day right here at Kevin Keatsman has issues. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. Woo-hoo!